Oh, that's a great song. Amen. Stand with me and turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25. While you're standing, let me uh, remind you of two things. Today is Care Sunday. Care Sunday. I want to encourage you to dare to care and go to a care meeting tonight. If you haven't been to one, I want to encourage you to go. We meet in homes, several homes throughout the Fort Worth area. And uh, I want all the care leaders to raise your hand where you are, care leaders. Amen. There they are. And assistant care leaders, raise your hands. All right. The assistants are home assistant getting ready. Um, but we appreciate the care ministry. And I'm going to go to one. I go to one every month. Kathy and I do. If she's not working, she goes. And um, so we're going to be at one. Listen, it's a great place to get to know somebody. You should go. And then also, Wednesday nights, we're looking for you. I know you're tired when you get off work, but let me tell you a little secret. The Word of the Lord will refresh your spirit, and it'll strengthen you. And uh, nothing on that, let me tell you, you turn on that TV, it's going to drain you. Have you ever watched TV for an hour and turned it off and said, what happened to me? We're here teaching the Word of God. We're going through Genesis. This Wednesday night, I'm teaching on all in the family. All in the family. So don't miss Genesis this Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Matthew chapter 6, we're studying on the main thing. We're preaching on the main thing, the benefits of seeking God. Jesus said in verse 25, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you're going to put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. Look at the birds of the air. For they sow not, nor reap, or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than the sparrows you see out of your window? Verse 27, which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed, clothed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry. That's the third time he's told us to not worry. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? Now, notice what he says about our culture. For after all these things, the Gentiles or the ungodly seek. Your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first. Everybody say first. First things first. Seek first. The kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things, clothing, food, what you're going to drink will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry. There's the fourth time. Turn to your neighbor and say, he must mean it. <laughs> Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for today are the troubles that come with it. Father, we thank you for your word today. Help us to become seekers of God like we've never been before. In Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor once more and tell him, perk up and listen. God's going to bless you. We're talking about the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. 
Now let's say it together because once you're saved, once you're a child of God, once you have been born again, God has immediately called us to be worshipers of God and he has called us, or, or called us to seek him. And here's what we're to do. Let's say it. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. If you can keep Jesus center and foremost, the bullseye of your life, if you can keep him paramount, premier, first, Lord of all, and stay that way, God's going to greatly bless you. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said that everybody who gets up in the morning chases something. Everyone gets up in the morning chasing something because everyone has a treasure. There is something down in the innermost of our innermost, in the innermost of every heart in this room, there is something down there that we have crowned treasure, something we consider valuable, something that we have considered paramount, something that we would sacrifice for, give time for, give our strength to obtain. Jesus said, where your treasure is. He didn't say where it might be. He didn't say where it's going to be. He said, where your treasure is. That's where I'm going to find your heart. And where I find your heart, I'm going to eventually find your feet. Because where the heart is, the feet soon follow after. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there is where your heart will be also. Some people chase money. Some people wake up chasing fame. Some people wake up chasing possessions. Some seek position and authority and power. But everybody wakes up chasing something. You may not have thought about it, but you do. There is a primary something we chase. Tennis star Boris Becker was at the very top of the tennis world. Yet he was on the brink of suicide, and most people did not know that. He said, quote, I had won Wimbledon twice before, once as the youngest player in history. I was rich. I had all the material possessions I needed. It's the old song of movie stars and pop stars who commit suicide. They have everything, and yet they are so unhappy. And then he confessed, I had no inner peace. I was a puppet on a string. Becker is not the only one to feel that sense of emptiness. The echoes of a hollow life pervade our culture. One doesn't have to read very many contemporary biographies to find the same frustration and disappointment. Jack Higgins, author of such successful novels as The Eagle Has Landed, was asked what he wished he had known as a boy, and his answer was that when you get to the top, there's nothing there. Money and fame, position, power, influence, everything the world can offer, and yet these superstars, super successful people say, when I got there, I wanted to take my life. There was nothing there. It was empty. Judy Garland said, if I'm such a legend, why am I so lonely? Let me tell you, legends are all very well if you've got somebody around you who just loves you. Fame, money, fortune, yet empty. Why? What is wrong? What is wrong with that Western culture out there that we have grown up in? How can you have so much, yet there is an aching void down in the bottom of your heart? Because we're not doing what Christ said. He holds the keys. 
And he said, seek first. Seek first. Make your pursuit not money, not fame, not power, not fortune, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and you will find, not only will you find God and be fulfilled by God, but all the things the Gentiles seek will be added to you. He said, if you seek these things, if you seek these things, money, fame, possessions, power, fortune, if that's what you get up chasing, if that's what you get up living for, worry will be your constant companion because you're constantly afraid of not having enough, of losing what you have, or needing or wanting to get more. That's why the Bible says the eyes of carnal man are never satisfied. They're always looking for more. The rich want to get richer. The powerful want to get more powerful. The eyes of carnal man are never satisfied. And folks, if we have been born again into the kingdom of God, it ought to be a deep, burning desire down inside of us to get up and chase Him. Get up and chase Him. Get up and find Him. Get up and spend time with Him. David had a moment in his life. David the psalmist the sweet psalmist of Israel, the mighty warrior of God. He had a day in his life when God said something to him. God said to him, David, seek my face. And he confessed this in a psalm, Psalm 27. He said, when you said to me, Lord, seek my face, my heart rose up in me, and I said, your face, Lord, will I seek. We have been born again to worship God and to seek first his kingdom. The Bible says that those in this world who don't seek God, who don't love God, the Bible says that they have no desire to find him, no desire to walk with him, no desire to spend time with him. Conversely, though, we who know him, who have been born again, ought to want to get up and just every day say, boy, I'm, I've got a hunger, I've got a desire, I want to seek God, I want to get into the word of God, I want to worship the Lord, I want to get my heart really into him, next to him, with him, before I walk out that door. I want a fellowship with the one who died for my sins, who rose from the dead so that I would not perish forever, who loved me enough to stretch out his arms and his legs that they nailed them to a cross of shame, that he might raise us from the pit of shame and raise us into life everlasting. We ought to want to spend time with him. Jesus said, here's the key to successful Christian living. Here's the key to fulfillment in life. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his way of doing things, and all these things are going to be added to you. The Living Bible puts it this way. Your heavenly Father already knows perfectly well that you need all these things, money, clothing, food, what to drink. It says he will give them to you if you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to. If you give him first place, in your, that's what you do. Prioritize him. As a matter of fact, the faith-filled, spirit-filled child of God who has given Jesus first place in their life will prioritize him prominently into their schedule. He won't get the leftover time. He'll get the best time. They say, Pastor, I didn't come here to get my toes stepped on. Hey, I had to study it before you had to hear it. Because it scans my own life. And i got to be telling you, there have been times I didn't give him the best time. And I have to pull myself back and pull myself back and say, Now, Jeff, seek the Lord. And you might say, But Pastor Jeff, I don't feel like it. Here's what I've noticed. 
you do it anyway, and after you've done it for a while, you do feel like it. It's the same thing with any habit, good or bad. Most habits are things that we must give ourselves to before they really become things we want. The faith-filled, spirit-filled child of God who has given Jesus first place in their life will prioritize him into their schedule, into their schedule. In other words, we'll give him our time. This week there were several times where I caught myself doing things and the Lord said, why don't you just spend some time with me? said, you know, that's a good idea, Lord. You always do have good ideas. That's a good idea. And so I would go and just get with God, just open up his word, go to him in the place of prayer. He say, well, the word doesn't even speak to me. Stay with it, and it'll begin to come alive because you have no need that any man would teach you, but the same spirit that abides in you because you're a child of God will teach you all things and bring to your mind all things that he has said. You have a teacher inside of you. And he's, he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same Jesus that said, Behold the birds of the air. Behold the grass of the field. That teacher, that parable teacher, that beautiful teacher of human beings is living inside of you. And he'll make that word come alive. The faith-filled, spirit-filled child of God who has put Jesus first place in their life will seek his guidance in major and minor decision-making. They will seek his guidance about where to work about who to run with, who not to run with, where to go to church, about major decisions, minor decisions, who to marry. Dear God, pray about that one. Because he that finds a spouse by the will of God finds a good thing. Look there and say, that's a good thing. Raise your hand there, Kathy. All right. <laughs> the faith-filled, spirit-filled child of God seeks the guidance of God. Lord, should I go here? Should I go there? Should I do this? Should I do that? I give you the decisions of my life. You say, well, Pastor, that sounds like somebody who's not strong enough to make up their own mind. No, that's not what it is. It's somebody wise enough to know that if you go into life on your own without him, you're going to stumble and fall and fail and make major mistakes. He says, I want to guide you. I want to lead you. Seek first the kingdom of God. I've got a, a plan for you, a design for you, a destiny for you, and I want you walking above this culture, above the ways of this world. I want you walking in my footsteps, in the will of God for your life. So seek my guidance because you will hear me saying to you, this is the way, walk ye in it. This would be a good... That's what made David the psalmist great. Because everything he did, it says he inquired of the Lord. Do I go after that army, Lord? Do I do this? Do I do that? Do I go into Hebron? Do I go into Jerusalem? What do I do? And every time he inquired of the Lord, God spoke to him. The faith-filled, spirit-filled child of God who put Jesus first place in their life will honor him. Honor him in their lifestyle, in their friendships, in their habits, in their conduct. Because we know that the fear of the Lord is the knowledge that God is watching and weighing every one of our thoughts, words, actions, and attitudes. I talk to you about my dogs a lot, but something happened this morning on the patio with my dogs. Now we have four. <laughs> you say, Pastor Jeff, you're cracking in your old age. Where did you get four? Well, here's how it happened. Do I tell them how it happened? I'm going to be nice. We went over to Kathy's brother's house, and they have moved to a new house. And they've been in this new house for under a year. 
and there's no fence in the backyard, and they have this giant black lab. And they had this black lab, because they didn't have anywhere to put him, chained in the garage. I'm so glad that I have people in here of like heart to mine. And so when Rod, and I went over there to help, uh, help Rodney move a, a big television, and when he raised the garage door, here's this black lab, Kuro by name. And I know it sounds close to Cujo. There's a reason. And he's this big black lab. And I see him there, and he's, he's, he's dirty. I'm going to be nice. They didn't know what to do, so they kept him out there. He stood up, and his legs were wobbling. He, and, and, and he tried licking me, but he, he tripped over his chain. And that's just exactly what I did. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, if Rodney, don't take Rodney this safe. He's a good guy. And so I said, how can I get this dog? And so I just asked Rodney if I could keep him for a couple of weeks, let him have a vacation. We have a ba big backyard. So before I know it, now I have four. He stays in the, in the garage and out in the backyard. He runs around in that backyard like he has gone to heaven. Now, but I have three others who he did not know and did not know him. And I have one, little Ollie, my little terrier, who loves to play. Cujo, I'm sorry, Kuro, is not always in the mood. And so, this morning, Kuro is under the table, on the patio with me, and Ollie came around and started messing with Kuro wanting him to play. And before I knew it, there was a growl that would have sent you to heaven <laughs> prematurely. And he snapped. So here's what I did. I, Kuro, you can't do that. Don't ever do that again. He's looking at me. Ollie, he's standing off like, I'm in deep trouble. <laughs> now here's what I noticed. As soon as I had done that, Kuro was aware that I was always watching. So he started to approach Ollie, and I noticed this. He's approaching Ollie, and then he did this. Everybody say, the fear of the Lord. Because here's what you do when you really know God. If you start to go do something questionable, yeah. That's called the fear of the Lord. Why do you do that? Because he does have a woodshed. And I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. I don't like it. It's not pleasant. So he looked at me, lowered his head, walked away. I said, good boy, good boy. That's the fear of Jeff. The fear of Jeff. So, the faith-filled, spirit-filled child of God who has given Jesus first place in his life will walk like this. I want to please you. Not dread fear, not phobia, but I respect and I have a healthy reverence for the one with whom I have to do. Come on, everybody. You say, gosh, Pastor, that sounds so restricted. It is restricted in one sense, but it's liberating in the best sense. Having 
Jesus says, heaven can be entered only through the narrow gate. That's what Jesus said. He said, the highway to hell is broad. Its gate is wide enough for all the multitudes who choose its easy way. But the gateway to life is small, and the road is narrow. It's restricted. It's constricted. Yet it's that very road that leads to life. I'm walking in the fear of the Lord. I'm walking in the wisdom of God. I'm walking in the Holy Ghost. I'm saying no to the things I should and yes to the other things that I should. I'm walking with Him, and I'm seeking His face. And God begins to shed life on me. Seeking God brings great reward. So what can I expect if I consistently seek God? Here's what you can expect. You can expect God's, and I want you to say this word with me, favor. Say it again, favor. If you seek the Lord, you can expect God's favor. Hebrews 11:6 says, He becomes a rewarder, a rewarder of those who diligently, persistently prioritize Him, seek His guidance, and honor Him in their lifestyle. He shows Himself, reveals Himself, a rewarder. And how does God reward us? He rewards us with favor. Now say that little five-letter word with me one more time. We're going to learn about favor. Say it. Favor. How many of you want the favor of God? I mean the favor of God. It comes to those who seek Him. Scan the Bible and you'll find the word favor used over and over again. Abraham said, Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass me by. It says of Joseph that God was with Joseph and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison, favor in the sight of Potiphar, favor all the days of his life because Joseph sought God. It says God gave Israel, quote, favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them what they requested. If you walk in a walk that seeks God and God is putting favor on your life, he'll make even your enemies be at peace with you. Even people who don't want to like you will like you. Even people who don't want to bless you will bless you when God shines favor on your life. David boasted, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. Favor is like a shield around your life. It's like a shield of protection. It's like a shield of blessing. David said, Those who seek you, you favor them like with a shield. Solomon spoke on behalf of of wisdom. And he said, whoever finds me, that is, wisdom, finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Now that's why I tell you, you need to get into the Word of God. You need to learn what it tells you. Read the Psalms. Read the Proverbs. Read all through the Scripture. Read the Old Testament. Read the New Testament. Soak in the Word of God. Because David said, and Solomon said, Solomon said, if you take wisdom into your life, then you're going to obtain favor from God. Praise God. Jumping down to the New Testament, we find Luke telling us that both John the Baptist and Jesus Christ grew in favor with God and man. And the early church exploded in growth. And the book of Acts tells us that they were exploding in growth. They were praising God and they had favor with all the people. What is this thing called favor? When I read the word favor, what does that mean? What does it mean? Does it mean that God does you a favor? That God just kind of comes along and says, I feel like doing them a favor today. No. 
it's not something God does for you one time. It's not God doing you a favor. It is that God is continuously shining favor on your life. The word favor means kindness. It means grace. It means to have mercy. It means to bestow something. It means a benefit from God. Favor manifested in the Bible. Track it down. It comes, it manifests itself. When favor is mentioned, you'll find these things happening after favor. Guidance, protection, provision, peace with enemies, open doors. Come on, everybody. Success. How many of you here want to be successful? How many of you want success? The rest of you, get down here. I'm going to pray for you. You need something rebuked out of you. I want success. I'm not afraid to say it. I want the favor of God all over me. I want enough favor you can slide me into the next room. I want favor. I want the favor of God. And I'm telling you, I'm not just preaching this to preach something good. I'm telling you, there is, there is a reward for those who seek the face of God. And it comes in the form of favor, but not just success, prosperity. And are you ready for this? Victory in battle. Victory in battle. I got news for you today. God is speaking something over your life. And he's telling you, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He will show to you today. For the Lord shall fight for you. And you will hold your peace. Come on, everybody. Whatever touches you, touches him. He's fighting for you. Jesus said that one form God's favor takes, and I like this one, is provision. He said, just try this one. Just seek me with all of your heart. Get up in the morning and seek me. Read my Bible. Read the Word of God. Soak it in. Give me your life. Obey me to the rest, best of your ability and see if, as you seek me, because here's the rest of the world, they get up and they chase money. They chase food. They chase clothing. They chase the basic staples of life. And they're constantly worried about not having enough. They chase it when they wake up. They chase it when they go to bed. Have you ever seen the newscast of those people, individuals on Wall Street, every single morning when that bell rings, they're scrambling for money, panting for money, drooling for money, lusting for money. Their whole world revolves around money. But it shall not be so with you, child of God. God has called you to seek the face of the Lord. And if you seek His face, all these things will be added to you anyway. Come on, everybody. Jesus said, set your heart first on his kingdom and his goodness, and all these things will come to you as a matter of course. You're just walking along seeking God, and a door opens here, and a door opens there, and a window opens here, and a window opens there, and somebody favors you here, and somebody favors you there, and you don't know why you got so much favor, but that's just what's happening to you. I'll tell you why, because you're seeking God. And when God sees somebody seeking him, he moves in favor on their behalf. Now, here's the key. It doesn't happen overnight. And I want you to hear me on this one. It doesn't happen overnight. Let's establish beyond all doubt that there is a thing called favor that is extended to the child of God who seeks God. But many people faint in their seeking over timing issues. Here's where we faint. When we faint, it's invariably over timing issues. 
because you begin to seek God and you don't know it, but in your brain there is already a calendar, already an hourglass, already a watch, already a clock, and there is in your mind a time period during which you think God is going to answer you. And here comes the time. We know that it's getting near. We say, well, Lord, I've been seeking you a week. Bless God. I've given up Katie Couric. I've given up People Magazine. I've given up getting on the phone. I've given up so much, Lord, to seek you. And it's been a week. Where are you? God forbid it would be two. God major forbid four. But you know what I found out? As soon as you begin to seek God with all of your heart, He begins to prepare you for what's coming. And that takes time. That takes time. Because if He gave you now what you're seeking Him for and what He wants to give you, you'd pop. You would implode. He's going to get you to the place where you can receive what is waiting. I like what T.D. Jake said. I like listening to T.D. Jake. He, he, he was preaching on this very thing last Sunday, and here's what he said. He was preaching on seeking God, and here's what he said. He said, you know, there is a reward out there for Osama bin Laden. That reward is already set aside. They're not going to be looking for it when somebody comes up with Osama. It's already there. What is it, 50 million, some huge sum? But it's already laid aside so that when somebody finally gets him, they're not going to have to scramble to get it because the reward is already laid aside. He said, but you're going to have to get Osama because if you don't have Osama, you get no reward. He said, but God says, all you got to do is seek me. You don't even have to find me. Come on, everybody. Now, of course, you know the Lord. I'm not saying you're going to go find God for the first time. But what I'm saying is, he says, just in the seeking, I'm going to give you a reward. And that reward is already laid aside. It's already in glory. It's already there. Eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, neither has it entered the heart of man what God has prepared as the great rewarder. Do you mind if I preach on this a little bit today? For those who seek Him and love Him. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Say, Pastor, you're a little excited about this. I am excited about this because I'm seeking God with all of my heart. And I can tell you that as soon as I began to seek Him hard, I began to see favor drops here and favor drops there. Mercy drops here. Mercy drops there. And I know that this is only a foretaste of what is coming. God is going to bring blessing on blessing because He becomes a rewarder for those who seek Him out. But you're going to have to wait for His timing. That's why we who seek God must understand that His will and attitude towards the seeker are not always apparent at the first approach. You can't tithe once and say, where's, where's a hundredfold? Well, Pastor, I tithed once. It didn't work. Folks, it takes time for God to change you. It takes God, time for God to turn your money around. It takes time for God to heal you. It takes time for God to restore you. 
It takes time for God to touch the hearts of different people who are going to be key and instrumental in the restoration and the blessing that's coming your way. You've got to give God time to work on their hearts, time to work on their wills, time to open those doors, time to set the stage. You've got to give God time. Just keep on seeking Him. Sometimes you'll seek Him when the clouds obscure the sun. Sometimes you seek Him in the midnight hour. Sometimes you seek Him when you can see nothing. Sometimes you seek Him when it seems like things are getting worse instead of better, no matter what. This week, this week, I was waiting on something that was difficult for me, and the temptation was this. I, I, don't, I can't concentrate on seeking God. And I thought, no, here's what seekers of God do. If it's raining, you seek God. If it's shining, you seek God. If it's dark, you seek God. If it's light, you seek God. If it's good times, you seek God. If it's bad times, you seek God. You don't let anything stop you from seeking God. You keep on keeping on. That's why Jesus said, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. For he who knocks and keeps on knocking, it will be open. To him who seeks and keeps on seeking, he will find. Fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give to you the kingdom. So God's favor is like the rising of the sun, I guarantee you. It's like the rising of the sun. Slowly but steadily, the rays of favor increase until finally the full sun is shining. The path of the just is like the shining light that shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. Just keep on seeking God. You've got to believe that He is. You've got to persist in seeking Him and expect, expect the favor of God. Would you stand with me today? Let's say together the main thing is to keep the main thing. The main thing. Isn't that just oh so simple? There's a main thing. It's Him. The main call on us is to keep Him main. He'll bless us. Father, many of us here today need financial healing, marital healing, relationship healing, children with parents, co-workers, neighbor with neighbor. Many of us, Lord, feel like we're hanging by a thread of grace. Lord, I know that what you're saying is, seek me. Seek me. Because without faith, it is impossible to please him. You must believe that He is and that He rewards the diligent seeker. If you're on the last step, if you feel like you're going down for the last time, you feel like the devil is standing over you, giving the count, seek God. If all you can say is, Lord, help me, say it. Because I'm telling you, God can turn it. And he will. Father, I just pray for everyone in this place. I pray an anointing to come upon this church to seek the face of God, to prioritize you with our time, to seek you for guidance and to honor you with our lifestyle.
you will shine favor. If you need this today, I want you to lift your hand to the Lord and say, Lord, I received this word, and I'm going to seek you. Seek you. Seek God. Seek God. surrender all. Pastor Jeff, I'm going to seek him harder than I ever have. Let me see your hands. I want to. I need him. Lord, I pray for a, an anointing of grace. Lord, we don't do these things by the strength of the flesh. We do them by Holy Spirit motivation, by the grace of God operating on our lives. Lord, see these hands and grace these precious people to chase after you in the morning more than any single thing, to chase after you all day more than any single thing. And I thank you, Lord, for great reward in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise today, can you? Amen. Amen. Oh, that's good. That's good. I'm liking this series. I'm going to get the page. All right, don't forget, Wednesday night, Genesis. Hey, be a seeker of God. Come learn his word. You can never fail being in the presence of the Lord and learning his word. Amen. Be a Mary, not a Martha. We're going to count to three and shout, seek him. Don't forget care ministry. If you're wondering where the care group is nearest your home, you can go right out there in the foyer, find the zip codes, and they'll help you find what's nearest you. Go to a care group tonight and seek him. Amen. Are you ready? One, two, three. Seek the Lord. Amen. God bless you. Have a good week.